everybody, this is your host Rob Keynes of GoldSilverPros.com. It is our Tuesday live for July 18th, 2023. It's 1 p.m. Central Time. Welcome everybody to the program. We're going to let everybody load in, so we'll give it a minute before we begin. Looks like we got our sound check going. That is very good. Welcome everybody to the program. We have a poll for today. The topic of today is going to be states' rights versus federal rights with regards to money and will the CBDCs win or will the states have a say in it? We're going to examine that and we've got some nice footage from uh, Florida's Governor DeSantis on that. I've also got footage from the BIS uh, as well as footage from the WEF as well as some documentation to show you about what I think they're really going to do with regards to this. The poll is, will states rejecting CBDCs be enough to stop the federal government and the central bank, the Fed in this case, from shoving them through the CBDCs as money. Uh, there's yes, no, and then there's a uh, percentage, 70-30 either way. So please vote in that poll. Thank you everybody for joining. Appreciate everybody being in and being in the chat. And thank you everybody that joined the program. We're gonna jump right into it. Uh, first, we're gonna talk a little bit about the gold and silver price. Uh, I do a deep dive on Fridays on our weekly market wrap up, which you may want to take a look at but I'm gonna show you just where we are right now. Now, this is something I wrote about a couple of weeks ago with regards to gold. Would we go up during the summer or down? And I've I've written uh, on Jim Boyne's blog, a couple of articles. One of them, we talked about the bear case and the bull case. Uh, the bear case was that we have a triple top forming here, dating back to gold's uh, all time, recent all time highs. And usually a, a triple top is bearish. If you go back down through the support line, which would be right here of the bottom, of that triple top. So as you draw a line through the bottom of that triple top, if the price comes down and keeps going through, you're in a bear market. And that means you're more than likely going to fall and stay falling. I, I didn't believe that narrative because we're in the summer and usually there's a little bit of a summer swoon a month to two months during the year in which gold and silver go down as the futures traders come maneuver positions for the end of year and don't bid up the gold price because, you know, a lot of the financial markets kind of slow down a bit during the summer. With the exception of years like 2020 and the pandemic, where you have reasons for people to be going into gold. So there are reasons why gold or silver could go up during the summer. If there's not a big reason, you don't have the pandemic or you don't have a big bank failure or something like that, a lot of times they'll fade. Well, we did have big bank failures earlier in the year. So I didn't believe we were going to, the triple top was going to come to fruition and we were going to crash down to the 1750 or below range and keep going. I believe that more than likely we would stay up. And I think we are. So this is the triple top formation I talked about. Now I'm going to zoom in just a little bit and tell you why I'm not as worried about that as I, as I was. Let's go to a yearly chart and on, well, let's zoom in just a little bit more so you guys can see. I want to show you something I also pointed out. I mentioned that we had uh, the gold price coming back down through shorter term indicators, not the longer term triple top technical indicator I showed you a minute ago. But these are shorter term indicators, the 50 and 200 day moving average as depicted by the red and blue line. Or I'm sorry, in this chart, it's at 10 and 25. In any case, you can see and, and what that is, is just an average of prices over the last 10 to 25 days. And we want to see whether the price is going down or up. Well, we've broken nicely through uh, the 50 and 200 day moving averages, which is a very bullish signal. So if I'm looking at the signal correctly, we're not going to continue in a bear market this summer with gold. A silver is a very similar chart and it's broken through as well. So I'm not showing it. This basically, this part of it applies to both gold and silver because they're both above their 50 and 200 day moving averages and also their 10 and 25. But if I blow this back out to the 20 year chart, so we see the triple, the triple top, which dated back to like 2020, which is uh, all time high. And then a couple of tests on the chart. 
uh, we're not going to crash back down. There's no reason to believe that we're going to crash back down through 1750. So to answer the question, is this summer going to be positive or negative for gold and for silver? I believe it'd be positive in that we're not going to have a big crash. We may fade in price a little bit, but that's not going to be anything when we get into the fall and we get back into busy season for the precious metals. So just wanted to throw that out there for you right away. Now we're going to get into the talk about, uh, about the role of CBDCs and how the states feel about them and how these international agencies outside the U.S. feel about them. No surprise, there are going to be different opinions, and we'll get to that. I've got three videos to show you on that in a moment. First, I'm going to go back to chat and make sure everybody is okay. How is everybody in the chat? Looks like we've got some people joining G-Dog Bull. Thanks for uh, popping on to the chat. We have 45 watching, not too bad. We will have some people come from the U.K. and Europe, and we'll have more people watch this as well. We're a little bit early today. But we do that for our overseas people and for people in Australia and China and other people that, that like to watch us as well. All right, we're going to jump back into the presentation and we're going to show you those videos, but we're going to show you first what I think the real design is. Actually, we'll show you one video first and then we'll show you what I think the real design is. This first video I'm about to put up on screen is from the BIS and the BIS is using sort of flowery, corporatized type of language over uh, what the CBDCs could be. Let's listen in. At the same time. Two real-world applications discussed in the chapter are resolving foreign exchange settlement risk and unlocking supply chain finance. A unified ledger with CBDCs can make full use of the ability of central bank money to knit together diverse elements of the financial system. In this sense, the full potential of tokenization can be harnessed by having central bank money reside on the same venue as other tokenized claims. Sorry, guys, I was muted. What I was saying there is uh, it sounds nice. He's talking about interoperability, I think, from CBDCs and anything else on the blockchain. I don't know that private cryptos would be on the same blockchain, but I think he was talking about interoperability and it's interoperability between different cryptos on the same chain. And that all sounds great. And these would be CBDCs, not the private cryptos. I should use the correct terminology. So really what he's talking about is the promotion of central bank digital currencies across different jurisdictions, different nation states, different central banks and talk about how they're going to make that all work. And it sounds all nice and flowery until you get into some other stuff. And what we want to do is show you that other stuff. So we're going to pop over here to an article I have saved up from the IMF. It's a blog article, and I like printing these. I get uh, reminders on these every morning. This is by Tobias Adrian Dong He, Arif Ismail, and Marina Moretti. And you can tell these people are most likely from different places. This is a true international cooperative blog at the IMF. And they're talking about crypto needs comprehensive policies to protect economies and investors. And this is where they're going to divulge what the regulatory regime is going to look like for the central bank digital currencies. And it's not exactly going to be the nice flowery version that you saw in that BIS video. It says here, last year's failures of the FTX crypto trading platform and the Terra Luna stablecoin highlighted the urgency of establishing clear policies to protect investors and prevent abuse. Despite recent industry challenges, investor optimism continues to revive periodically, as evidenced by Bitcoin's near doubling this year. Without robust safeguards, the increased risk of fraud and misconduct could adversely impact investors' expected returns. So they're basically saying the crypto complex isn't dying like they expected it to, and now they're starting to get worried. And now they want to put a whole raft of controls around it because it's not going to go away and people aren't just going to accept CBDCs or whatever the government puts out. There is this grassroots movement 
in some sort of private money, whether it be gold, silver, the cryptos, asset-backed digital currencies, seashells, barter, whatever you want uh, that's going on that has nothing to do with central banks. And they're starting to get worried. You start to sense the fear. And when they're in fear of something, they want to what? They want to regulate it. So we're going to talk about it. He says, that's why we presented an assessment of the macro implementations of crypto assets to the G2 presidency earlier this year. Building on recommendations outlined in the elements of effective policies for crypto assets endorsed by the IMF executive boards. In other words, the IMF released recommendations and the IMF is now expounding on those recommendations and making uh, recommendations to the G2 presidency. Now, the G2 is a group of the 20, I say, largest Western economies. Why, what does the presidents have to do with anything? That doesn't have jurisdiction, for example, over the United States. And we're going to get into that later in the program when we have Governor DeSantis on an interview with uh, Tucker Carlson. Uh, it says, but we'll get into that in a moment. But notice how they're using um, international agencies and terms and positions to, to build an aura or a perception of legitimacy. These people don't have any legitimacy in terms of telling us what to do. But they're couching it as if they do. In other words, fake it till you make it. They want to convince people that they have any say in this whatsoever. And guess what? In the United States, they don't unless we give it to them. And we're going to get to that in a moment. It says our approach features three key pillars, a sound macro policy foundation. That's Keynesian economics or MMT, if you will. Clear legal treatment and granular rules. That's the regulatory agency putting rules all over any sort of crypto or blockchain based tech. So it cannot do what they don't want it to do. That's translated in plain English for you and effective implementation, meaning they're going to nitpick or they're going to control how the private crypto complex can actually operate. This actually is the shortest of the reasons, but maybe the one that if you're into crypto, you like the least effective implementation. They're going to tell you how to operate. They're going to control your daily. They're going to control your decision making. So if you think you're in Bitcoin, Ethereum and you're going to escape CBDCs, you're not. You're not, they're going to regulate the hell out of you. And this is something I've been talking about for three or four years and other people as well. Uh, the three key policy recommendations are the defense against the substitution of sovereign currencies as a maintenance of robust, trusted, and credible domestic in institutions. Transparent, consistent, and coherent monetary policy frameworks are crucial for effective response to the challenges posed by crypto. In other words, we're the defense against the substitution of sovereign currencies. In other words, our currencies are burning in a fire Crypto and gold, silver, I would I would say because I'm a gold, silver channel are taking the place of those dumpster fire currencies and they can't allow that to happen. So they got to go do a bunch of stuff. And that stuff ain't good for you and me because it limits choice, regardless of whether you use cryptos or not. It limits choice. And that's the point. It's the whole point of it. To protect national sovereignty. No, to protect the uh, exclusive control of all money in the world by these central banks. That's what they're saying. The exclusive adoption of all money by a group of unelected uh, banking bureaucrats, mostly unelected. To protect that, it's important not to grant crypto assets official currency or legal tender status. Doing so would require accepting them in many jurisdictions for tax payments, fines, and debt settlements, and could generate fiscal risk for government finances and could threaten financial stability or rapid inflation. Can't they're worried about the private cryptos. They know that even after the big crash, the crypto winner, and even after they took out several, oh, the banks got taken out, Signature Bank, all of those that had 
that were crypto related assets or crypto related projects. I'm not going to go into the details of that and not just FTX. I mean, other things like Signet, which is a competitor to FedNow, for example, um, they, you know, don't want any of that to become legitimate. They're afraid. They're afraid. And they're afraid because Crypto Winter didn't take it out. It made it just as strong. Um, and, and that's what they're afraid of. To address the volatility of capital flows associated with crypto, policymakers should integrate them within existing regimes and rules that manage capital flows. What have we been saying? They're going to stick it into regulation, the banking regulation through the SEC and commodity regulation through the CFTC. That's what this is saying here. And it's from the IMF. So it's an international agency that's saying, yeah, you guys do what you already said you're going to do. Put the dogs on it. Put, put, put your bureaucracy on it to control it. To, um, finally, tax policy should ensure unambiguous treatment of crypto assets. Administrators should strengthen compliance efforts. So if you're in crypto, they're going to stick the IRS on you with a bunch of rules. That's plain English what they're saying. Specific regulations are needed to clarify tax treatment of crypto. How much more plain do you get? And they're talking about crypto class, blah, blah, blah. Clear legal treatment consistent with recommendations. Here's an article on that. By standard setters such as Basel Command Banking Supervision. There's an article on that. See, they've already put out all their paper to make this legitimate. They put out all the support they needed before they wrote this article telling you what they're going to do. And if we put a bunch of articles behind it from all these fancy sounding agencies that have no sovereignty, it will sound like they have sovereignty and people will listen. And right now it's just the people sitting at the top of countries are going to listen, but they're going to take this and put it in CNBC and in uh, Fox Business and everywhere, Bloomberg, and they're going to shove it down your throat. Okay, this is stage one. You get international authorities agree to it. Then you take it to each country and you shove it down their throat. Uh, financial Action Task Force, Financial Stability Board, International Organization of Securities Commission, all, all these eggheads that have no control over you and me want control over you and me. And how are they going to get it? Through the monetary system. So here's what they recommend. A comprehensive legal foundation is essential to effectively regulate crypto, addressing both private law and financial law aspects. This includes predictability and forceability rights. Strong anti-mundering uh, Anti-money laundering and combating the financing of terrorism, potential and conduct rules should be implemented to cover all entities. Who promotes most terrorism and are they using Bitcoin Ethereum? Uh, somebody tell me, I don't know. I know most Bitcoin transactions are not transfer payments from mom and pops across the world, but is it really all of that much money laundering that goes through there? And who's doing it? Like who, I'm sorry, uh, terrorism. Like do terrorists really use that? I don't know. For systemic stablecoin arrangements, additional requirements such as principles of financial market infrastructures that ensure the safety and efficiency of F FMIs. In other words, if you're an asset-backed digital currencies or like uh, Tether that supposedly is dollar-backed, they're going to regulate the hell out of you. And they're going to make it to where you can't just do what you want. So they don't want anything back, you know, like Kinesis or Low. This applies to them too. Those are what they consider stablecoins along with Tether and these others. So they're going to try to regulate those out. I don't think they'll be terribly successful, but they're going to try. Effective implementation. Uh, get this. This is where they really get down to it. National authorities must align their frameworks to the emerging guidelines and standards being developed by standard setting bodies. The alignment is critical. In other words, everybody join the gang or the mob of bankers or we're going to X you out of the banking system. That is a warning across the valve. Anybody who thinks that they're not going to follow it, they're going to make you follow it, or they're going to take your licenses away. And so this is how they're going to get compliance across the world. They're going to threaten to take people's licenses and stature away. And people, I mean, into financial institutions so that they have to do it because you can't operate financially in this country or many others without the controllers controlling you and without you getting permission. 
So this is a warning. If you don't do it, we're going to make you do it. That's what that says. Developing strong supervisory capacity is vital for monitoring and enforcing rules effectively. Aha, they're going to have auditors come by and make sure everybody's following the rules that you and I don't want. Authorities must have the necessary skills and resources to oversee, blah, blah, blah. They're going to hire people with crypto experience to regulate crypto. That's what that says. Given the borderless nature of crypto assets ecosystem, international collaboration and information sharing are crucial. In other words, they're going to monitor every transaction you ever do because they are going to use Bitcoin and Ethereum as the bad guys. This is where the social controls come in. Money laundering, cross-border payments, they don't want those. Why do you think they make it so hard in the banking system for you to wire money internationally to your family in France or to receive money back? They don't want you doing it because it's a control. If you can do it in five seconds with any blockchain-enabled crypto, why can't the multi-trillion, probably quadrillion dollar banking syndicate across the world do the same? They can. They just don't want to. They don't want to let you have it. Okay, going beyond crypto policies, public authorities should take advantage in the progress of digital technology and enhance public policy objectives. In other words, we don't want you using it for money, but we're going to use it to rule over you. Blah, 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 blah. IMF will support the G20. In other words, IMF is going to do the bidding of the G20 and shove this down all the banks and financial authorities' throats because they want to. That's translated in English. I'm going to go back and see how everybody's doing. Thank you, everybody, for joining in. Joey Sox is here. John Bethea, Mutant Raya, California Cruising. Furly who Avanit Prabhakar, Tears for Beers. Ooh, like that name. Remember, there is a pull-up for everybody. Will states rejecting CBDCs be enough to stop the Fed government and Central Bank from shoving them down your throat? I don't know, but we're going to talk about it. Why does this matter? Because it's how they're building the framework for CBDCs going forward. Now, we're going to get into the really fun stuff. We're going to get into the videos. I wanted to get into the deep end of the uh, policy tool first so that you understand this is legitimate and this is what they're trying to do. And I want to translate English for those of you who are not used to reading policies. I'm a former auditor. I'm very good at translating this into plain English. I did so very crudely on this video on purpose because I want you to understand the real, okay? There's the flowery language and there's what it actually means, what they're actually going to do. And that's what I want you to know and to understand. Now we're going to the fun part. We're going to get into the videos. And the first one, uh, I, the first video I shared was a gentleman in the BIS talking in all flowery language what they're going to do. And then I showed you the policy of what they're really going to do. Next, I'm going to go back to the WEF one we had on the channel last week because he tells you what they're really going to do and why in more explicit terms even than I have said. Rare or not, here we go from the web. World where the government decides that units of central bank money can be used to And the one final note I will uh, make is that if you think about the benefits of digital money, there are huge potential gains. It's not just about uh, digital forms of physical currency. You can have programmability you know, um, units of central bank currency with expiry dates. You could have, as I argue in my book, a potentially better, and yeah, some people might see it, or a darker world where the government decides that units of central bank money can be used to purchase some things, but not other things that it deems less desirable, like, say, ammunition or drugs or pornography or something of the sort. And that is very powerful in terms of the use of a CBDC. And the one final... All right. Now, essentially what this guy is saying, two main things he said, one, well, three, one, he wrote a book about this ahead of time. So he's been thinking about it. It's not something that just came to him. He wants to control the world by controlling spending. Because why? He talked about programmable currencies 
Meaning if you had a dollar today, it may not be a dollar tomorrow. It may be a dollar 50, it may be 20 cents, or you may not even have it. Cause the next thing he said was we want expiring currency. So think about this for a moment. Think about savers. Savers go out and they work. Let's say you're a plumber and you're doing your plumbing and you save $500 a month. Oh my God, you're doing great. You live way below your means. You got $500 a month. Business is going well. You put it in the bank. 10 years later, you may have 20, 30 grand. And you want that to put a down payment on a house. But, oh, I'm so sorry. You put it into CBDCs and they expired that five years ago and you got jack shit. You got nothing. You got nothing. You got nothing. That's what that means. Do you want them to cancel your labor? Do you want them to cancel your purchasing power? That's what that means. And then he talked about the darker side of things. He even called it the darker side because he knows how we view it from our seat. And that is... Those should be controlling purchases. They want to control what you can buy and they want to take your money away whenever they want. And what have I been saying since I believe about April 2019, when they get the CBD system in place, they're going to do those things. I said exactly those things. Um, and now we're starting to get clarity and now they're doing those things. And the only reason I said those things before is because they've written them and I put two and two together. And now they're just being very bold about it because they're about to roll it out. When you get ready to roll something out, then you go talk to the mainstream media about it. Well, it's interesting that this topic has come up because in the United States, you know, we have something called state sovereignty, um, Bill of Rights, Amendment 10, all rights, not specifically granted in the Constitution, not by statutory law. In the Constitution, to the federal government goes to the people in the states, meaning you cannot create a law, even an amendment that abrogates that after the fact, there is no ex post facto, meaning if you want to introduce a new currency, you can't just pass a law. The Constitution does not give Congress that power to even pass the law. You would actually have to, beyond mending the Constitution, I think you'd have to ask the people because the, the right belongs to the states and the people. So you're either going to have to have a public referendum or states' rights conventions or both to make that decision. But listen to what Florida Governor DeSantis says about how he thinks they're going to actually do it, which is none of what I just described as the true lawful constitutional process. And before we get into this, I want to make a disclaimer. First, I'm not on the red or blue team. I'm not a Republican or Democrat. I'm a registered independent, always have been. The last few election cycles, I voted for a third party called the Constitution Party. I haven't voted for the Republicans or Democrats in a very long time. I'm not red or blue team. I'm not endorsing uh, Governor DeSantis here in any way, shape, or form. So please kind of keep that out of the chat. This is not meant to be political, but this is talking about the head of a, one of the 50 states in the union on the right of money in the system in an interview. And it's a very good interview. And again, I'm not endorsing or not endorsing Governor DeSantis. I don't care, but the, the conversation is interesting. So here we go. If you were to become president and previous presidents have discovered this, so you and the vice president. So um, how concerned are you that in the wake of whatever the next economic disruption that we're going to face is, and everyone kind of feels like maybe there's something coming, um, that will wind up with digital currency issued by the central bank? Well, if I am the president on day one, we will nix central bank digital currency. Done, dead, not happening in this country, in the state of Florida, because the Fed has been talking about this. Oh, yeah. 
And what the Fed said was, well, you know, we wouldn't do it without consulting the legislative and executive branches. Ideally, we would get a law passed. No, 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 no. That's not how the Constitution says it's only ideal that you get a law passed. You would have to get a law passed. I don't think Congress would pass that. So I think the Fed may try to do something unilaterally. So what we did in Florida is we basically passed a law that says we do not recognize CBDC in the state of Florida. And I think other states are probably going to follow suit. That will jam their ability to do it through executive action. They don't have authority to do it. There'd be lawsuits and everything. For those who don't know what CBDC is, what they want to do, and this is tied in with like Davos, World Economic Forum, all these people. They want the Fed, they want to get rid of cash. They want no cryptocurrency, and they want this to be the sole form of legal tender. And they have said this publicly at like Davos and these other places. It will allow them to prohibit, quote, undesirable purchases like fuel and ammunition. And so the minute you give them the power to do this, they are going to impose a social credit system on this country. CBDC is a massive threat to American liberty. On January 20th, 2025, it goes to the ash heap of history in this country. So if you, if you were to become president, and previous presidents have discovered this, so you and the vice president, so um, how can... All right, so it goes on to ask more questions and talk about it, but I thought it was interesting because Governor Sands came out and said, well, first of all, we passed legislation, so we've got a law on the books. If you want to fight the states, you're going to have to go to court. You're going to have to prove you have the constitutional right. For those states that maybe haven't adopted that, it's going to be harder to take that stance against the federal government because one, we've already got fiat money and they've got a precedent for shoving a non-constitutional money down our throat for the last hundred and what is it? Eight, nine, oh, 110 years now, 1913 to 2023. Yeah. 110 years. So they've already done that. So if you don't make a law protecting the 10th amendment, a lot of these courts don't care about the constitution. You have to force it through both statutory and you can't just rely on the 10th amendment because most of the court system doesn't care about the constitution anymore. There's so many laws that undermine the Constitution. It's really hard just to argue the Constitution. You have to take positive action forward as a state to pass a law to explicitly deny it and then use that and the Constitutional to create a, a bigger, stronger law. And then at that point, if the court overturns it and says you have to do it anyway, then you've got the decision as a state to say, yeah, we're still not going to do it. And good luck uh, forcing this to the court system. And then it becomes a different sort of issue. And I don't know what would happen at that point. I'm sure that there'd be a lot of pressure put on these states nationally, but this is the way the states could reject it. So if you're out there listening to this and you're not a fan of CBDCs, one thing that you may want to do is write your state government, your local and state government and say, go do what Governor DeSantis of Florida did. That's what we want. We want something on the books that explicitly denies any type of central bank digital currency or any type of digital currency as a currency of the land. If we want to adopt it privately, that's up to us. That is a personal choice, but the constitution doesn't allow it. We don't think it's good. It doesn't have a history of proving it's good. Let's give it, you know, 50 years to see if it's good and we want to use it as a currency, but let's put everything out there to compete and let's have a free market for currency. And obviously it's not what the national government wants. It's not what the IMF wants, not what the BIS wants. It's not what any of those guys want. They want to take this and shove it down your throat so they have control because they believe they can run it better. And this isn't really conspiracy theory. There is a group of people in the world that think they can run it better. A lot of them run for office and a lot of them are, are good hearted and mean well. Some of them will go to extremes and may even be evil. I don't know, don't know their motivations, but they've shown they'll go to extremes. And all these people are building a system that event, that essentially, according to Governor Sanson, will be social credit. What we see in China, 
plus complete control of your money, plus expiring of your money, plus telling you what you can buy. And I don't know how that coincides with life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness or the Constitution or any of the rights therein. It seems to violate all of those precepts of our entire system of freedom. But then again, so did the dollar. This is just a little bit more controlling. They were able to control things with the dollar. This will be even more control. It'd be push button control. But it's really just a stage of the same system. And at some point, we have to stand up and say enough. It was enough to pass a fiat currency. You burned to the ground and destroyed all of our savings over time while pissing off every other nation in the world to the point of them forming their own trade networks and screwing us over, which we probably deserved at the end. Or at least the government deserved We didn't. People didn't deserve it. The government probably deserved it. And now we want to go to CBDC. That's where we want to go. No, states have a right to fight back. Amendment 10 and the, uh, the gold and silver clause, I think it's Article 1, Section 8, if I remember, don't quote me on that, in the Constitution around uh, gold and silver is payment and debts. Nothing else should be made uh, tender and payment of uh, government debts. And there's other areas of the Constitution that we can look at in terms of how all, you know, how money should go down and who should make that decision. And it sure as hell isn't unelected bureaucrats in our government or any bureaucrat outside the United States government. But yet they're commenting on it. So I thought you guys maybe want may want to be aware of that. It's really kind of scary stuff to me. But I think if we fight back and we talk about it, then we can get choice back into the monetary system. That's all I want. I just want choice. Let's put a bunch of things. Let's put more fiat currencies out there, throw private cryptos. Whatever you want to do, just don't make it compulsory to where people are being controlled. One group of people is being controlled by another. That goes against freedom, the Constitution, all that stuff. And it goes against individual sovereignty. Yes, as individuals, we have a certain amount of sovereignty. It goes against local and state government sovereignty. Yes, local and state governments have a certain amount of sovereignty. It goes against national sovereignty. Yes, the national level has some amount of sovereignty. All those levels of sovereignty have to be reconciled to run the CBDC system, which according to the first video I showed you from the BIS, they want to hook them all up together and make a worldwide currency. Different flavors, want to be green, want to be blue, want to be called the yuan, want to be called the dollar, but they're the same damn thing controlled by the same damn people. Is that what we want? No, I don't think so. Okay, ending up the poll. The poll is, will states rejecting CBDCs like Florida and Governor DeSantis be enough to stop the Fed government and the central banks from shoving them through somehow? Shoving it through law, breaking the law, however they want to do it. Crisis, don't let a crisis go to waste. 33% of you said yes, 52% no, 9% said probable in favor of free money, 7% in favor of the government. So not too bad, about 40% think the government went out, 60% in some form or fashion thinks we will win out. We'll have to see. It's going to be a big battle. It's probably going to be a battle of our time financially, of our generation. And so I think it'd be interesting to see what goes on. I wanted to bring that news to you because uh, that really is the other side of gold and silver. Why do I have this on a gold silver channel? Because what is gold silver? Ultimately money. It's To me, it's God's money or nature's money, if you will, um, if God's money offends you. But it's a natural form of money, natural limiting. hasn't been perfect, been light years better than anything else that we figured out. The fiat currencies are a dumpster fire and the CBDC seem to be worse. And so that's why we talk about all the other stuff, because we want gold and silver, but we have to tell you about what the all other alternatives are. And so that you can make your decision whether you want gold, silver, too, or you want to go do the CBDCs. And that's up for you ultimately side. So please do your own research on that. Remember, we're not offering financial legal advice. Please do your own due diligence and consult a financial advisor and or a legal professional before making, making any investment decisions. All right. Thank you, guys. And with that, I want to talk about the sponsor for the program. Uh, I do have a sponsor called Kinesis, and they're an asset-backed digital currency in which you can store gold and silver and trade them using a blockchain based on Stellar. 
you own title gold and silver it's audited that audit is put out it's audited by a major international auditing agency audits other gold providers and a lot of it is stored in places like franks and loomis along with kinesis's own vault there's also other alternatives like load and rs last night we had rs chief business development officer mark jester camp on to talk about rs there's also load there's that okay if you're interested Take a look at those. If you don't trust anything digital and you think it's the work of the devil, and even though it's private and it's not government and it's audited and you have that stance, it's okay. You can do your physical gold and silvers. You can do things like gold back or Menorum, which are these uh, gold infused notes. I mean, there's a lot of ways you could do it. You could, if you really want to, you could trade shot, you know, which is just bits of silver that people use to melt into bars. You could do it's industrial silver. You could trade pre-1965 U.S. coins, which had some amount of silver in them. Uh, most of them did, other than nickels. I mean, there's a lot of things that you probably could do, uh, but just have gold and silver in your life and maybe go to crypto if that's what you want. I'm not the hugest crypto guy, but if that's what you want to do, at least it's an alternative for money. At least it's not CBDCs. And, and that gives you choice outside the system. But if everybody runs in and adopts CBDCs, we're all in trouble. I'm telling you right now, we're in trouble because the infrastructure is going into place. They're going to start putting the regulations and legal on it. They've already built a lot of the technology and they got all the bankers on board and they're starting to get a lot of the federal governments on board. And the only layers we have left are the people, the local and the state governments. That's it. And if we fall, our freedom falls. It's over, in my opinion. OK, and that's the stakes we're dealing with. And that's why all of this is on a gold and silver channel, because ultimately, what is gold and silver? It's natural money that allows you choice, and allows you freedom. OK, and that's what we talk about. Thank you, everybody, for joining the program. I'm going to cut this at about 35 minutes. I think that's enough treatment on the topic. Remember, on Thursdays, we have a research or an interview piece. And on Fridays is where I go into detail on the gold market. I did at the beginning of this video talk about gold and silver and the trend, because I know everybody likes to look at it. And I'll look at it you know, a couple of times a week. But Friday is the episode. If you want to go over the macro, the big stories of the day, all the macro data that you're going to need to know for this week and next week, and you want my review of gold and silver markets in more detail with both technical and fundamental analysis, that's on the weekly market wrap on this channel every Friday. Join it and we'll go into detail on gold and silver. That has been our report on the Florida governor fighting the Fed on CBDCs, their plans for CBDCs what he thinks they are and what our choices are. And remember, you can become activists and you can do it peacefully. We don't, you don't need to do it violently. Just, and I know you guys know that peacefully, right? Peacefully show up at your local and state uh, meetings around money or fiscal and tell people, let your congressman know it makes a difference. Governor DeSantis was in, in his Congress, his legislature through the will of the people were able to put something explicitly saying CBDCs are not, uh, the money of the land in Florida, which you had the right to do the 10th Amendment of the Constitution. They have the right to do no matter what law Congress makes. You cannot abrogate powers specifically directed to the states and the people in the Constitution. Even if you pass an amendment or a law, you cannot. It would take a constitutional convention or a convention of so many states to re reach um, enough of a majority. I believe it's two thirds. Somebody correct me. It's either 66 or 70 percent for states to get together and do it. You would need that. You can't just make a statutory law and change the Constitution. That's been done way too long in this country. It needs to stop. And we can stop it. We can stop it. We're 360 million strong. And I will not accept anyone telling me 360 million uh, honorable Americans can't stop this. BS, we can stop it. But it's going to be up to you guys. I can get on here and preach all day long. Man, I'm preaching, brother. I'm preaching, preaching, preaching. Get active, guys. Write letters. Not hard. Right after this video, write a letter. Fire it off to your congressman. Take you an hour. 
doesn't cost you anything other than your time. We need this to fight it back. I think that's the solution. Grassroots, us together, all alternatives, whether it's straight gold, silver, something asset backed digital, gold backs, or anything else you can think of, barter, I don't even care. Forming independent trade networks, I don't care. Whatever we can do, we need to start considering. And I don't think we have a lot of time to consider it. So that's my appeal to you. Of course, again, I put the disclaimer, I don't give financial advice, do your own research. And thank you so much for joining the channel, everyone today. I appreciate everyone for coming to the channel, for exploring these different options with us uh, and for uh, supporting the channel as well. Thank you so much, guys. Until next time, this is Rob Kinks, Gold, Silver, Pros.